Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. <laughs> wow. We had a... Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome back to Old Hollywood Real News. Welcome back. <laughs> this is the podcast where we celebrate all the glitz and glamour of Tinseltown's golden era and all the people who make it happen. <laughs> I'm Philip Estrada. And I'm Kathleen Knoll. Um, uh, Kathleen, we were just having a very robust conversation about eyebrows before yes. we got on the mic. So um, <laughs> we was like, like, we could do this all day. I know. Let's, um, let's actually record a podcast. <laughs> well, it was good because it was a nice a nice break from that emotional roller coaster that I put myself through earlier by listening to the latest episode of You Must Remember This about Marie Dressler. Highly recommend, everybody. It just oh. came out as uh, one of yes. our sister podcasts about old Hollywood. Uh, fantastic. A, um, yes. I may have um, ugly cried yeah, just have, a tiny uh, bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny bit. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's record. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's in my it's in my queue. I haven't listened to it yet. I need to get on it. I've been um, working my way through the final episode of the season for uh, Secret History of Hollywood, which hey. is six hours long. Just saying. Well, I appreciate your humble, like, humble brag, sir. Well, I'm just like, well, let's face it. In know. this day and age, that is, I mean, we are a short attention span theater today at this day and age. Oh, so, um, but also uh, big props to him for taking the time and effort to make such beautifully uh, yeah. crafted wonderful haunting stories uh, yes <laughs> exactly i'm very excited for the next season which is going to be all about carrie grant oh my so can't wait juicy I know. <laughs> to say the least because we love him Goodness. so much <laughs> yes Mr. Dick Harry grant. Oh, gosh. um yeah so that should be fun i'm excited about that mm-hmm. um yeah, not too much going on for in my life. Just working a lot, uh, retrofitting a costume for for a client so that he can strip out of it. So that should that's proving to be interesting. I love logistics. <laughs> I love I know. it. When you when you don't build a costume to strip out of, you got to do a lot of like figuring out on how to make it a, a strippable costume. Are you saying um, that every time you build a costume, you should build it for a stripper in mind? You're like, well, I know I'm making these pants maybe. for me. I know I'm fixing these jeans for me, but can I rip them up? <laughs> exactly. How am I going to get out of them in a compelling and sexy manner? You're like, Bitch, I just needed my pants hemmed. Why, why, why is there Velcro on the sides? <laughs> well, you know, you never know. <laughs> You never know where the party might take a turn, as it were. Um, exactly. Why'd you have to make my um, pants all weird? <laughs> There's a lot more sequins than I had expected. Oh my um, god, that would be like such a great skit if you were like, like for some kind of like tailor. Like it'd be like the West Hollywood tailor. Like everything you take them, they make it break away. <laughs> like you're like, I just came in for just to get my dress shirts shortened a little in the sleeve, and now they're all rip away. I don't know what happens. <laughs> That they have waist shape. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, 
may not have asked for it, but you're getting it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and they're like, I believe what you want to say is you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I thank you very much. Uh, so um, we're actually here to talk about a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get right into it, I say. Boop, boop. God damn it. <laughs> so this is the second half of our um, super sexy sa- snafu series. Yeah. <laughs> As it were. Uh, this is, uh, we're talking about Libeled Lady, mm-hmm. the second lady of it all. Um, <laughs> you did watch Libeled Lady, right? Oh, yeah. I watched it actually <laughs> okay. uh, more than two weeks ago, a few times when I thought that was what I needed to watch. <laughs> because I did not communicate. <laughs> for, with you yes. for like three days and it really threw me it's off all it's all good <laughs> um, so yes we are watching Libeled Lady from 1936 this is um, a Metro Goldwyn Mayer picture mm-hmm. um, it's directed by Jack Conway and the costumes are designed by Dolly Tree that's um, right who, yes this is our first Dolly Tree joint as it were yes it? and it's been a minute since yes. we did a Gene Harlow movie which is why I, I just assumed I was right I was like well, clearly it's this movie because Gene Harlow's in it. You know, I was like, hey, girl. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so, yes. So in the cast, we do have Gene Harlow as Gladys Benton. We got William Powell as Bill Chandler. Myrna Loy oh, as Connie, God. A- Connie Allenberry. Um, Spencer Tracy as Warren Haggerty. Walter Connolly as Miss James B. Allenberry. And then we've got um, Cora Witherspoon as Mrs. Burns, Burns Norville. And E.E. E. Clive as the fishing instructor. Um, so, Kathleen, other well, what's your what's your history with this film? <laughs> um, I bought it on Amazon because I <laughs> thought that was what I was supposed to watch, and um, that was my experience, and it was great. Um, I really had you not it. seen this before at all. I hadn't seen it before, um, oh, and God. I didn't really know too much about Dolly Tree. I had seen her name around, but I didn't, and so mm-hmm. it was really fun to um, read more about her and her life, and um, just like how she kind of came to be in Hollywood, and she, and she's also, again, like not one you you don't think of her as like you know a, a, an Adrian, if you will, but she's in there. She's in there and did a lot of work, yeah. and she was a fabulous designer. I I would say a woman's costume designer, really really great. Um, yeah, really, uh, she was fantastic. Yeah, just amazing. So yeah, that was kind of my experience of top. Um, I really enjoyed it, and also, um, I, yeah, and and uh, reading about. Um, Sorry, uh, Gene Harlow and uh, William Powell and their romance and everything. It was very touching as well. So, yeah, yeah. that's my. What about you? Have you have, is this, have you seen this before? I had seen it before. I think I caught it on TCM oh, um, nice. once before we talked about doing this movie accidentally, as it were. But, um, yeah, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, it's such a cute um, madcap film from the 30s it's got that wonderful snappy dialogue comebacks galore Mm -hmm. and like asides and all of that which is i love that's one of my favorite things about all these old movies is like everyone's got a quip about everything like nothing like no comment goes unanswered without a like a comeback i I think it's fantastic it is fantastic like you can tell this movie was definitely made to like the intent was like oh we want everybody walking out of the movie happier than you were you know when you Mm -hmm. came in and uh to a wonderful depression era uh intent 
element of filmmaking. And I think I love mm-hmm. it. I love this movie. Everybody's rich for no reason. Yeah. No, really just knows why. looking <laughs> good. Just looking yes. good and adding to that full fantasy that people need needed mm-hmm. at that time very badly. So um, Jean Harlow looking beautiful. She's she's not as platinum blonde uh. in this one. She's more of her. I, I remember reading that she was more of like a natural like ash blonde. So it, it seems like mm-hmm. she's a bit yeah. more of like that would have been her probably closer to a real hair color at that time. And she was fantastic in this movie. Um, just really lights up. And I just when she <laughs> when she first comes on screen, I was just I thought of you. I was like, oh, Philip's going to just love this. Just another exasperated, well-dressed woman just walking across, <laughs> just making her intro like all all strong and angry and beautiful. <laughs> I know. Glamorous. I love that she like the first time you see her, she's in like she is a pissed off lady in a wedding gown. full bridal she's gown just like, with like dripping. The fuck? Like, yeah, like just the, with the trailing flowers and everything. And I just instantly thought, mm. of like, oh, Philip's going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> there were definitely a lot of work at work moments where she's oh just my like, God. oh, God. She, she really gets like the. She kind of, I love her um, wardrobe because it's a little bit more brash mm-hmm. and um, kind of showy as compared to Myrna Loy's because yes. hers was a little bit more kind of understated. I think like almost that sort of like um, old money versus new money. Yeah, way, very if much. you will, like mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, whereas Jean Harlow's is a little bit more kind of like, you know, she's a little bit more um, vivacious and a little bit more kind of like that sort of thing. Like yeah. you could tell like she, she was painted a little bit more as like kind of a, you know, a street girl versus a society girl sort right. of way. But she, you know, was in evening wear and stuff, which I really enjoyed. Like her stuff was a little bit more that showy and stuff. Yeah. I think it was great. Good job, Dolly Tree. Oh, yeah. Fantastic and and uh, this was a very uh, fur-heavy, uh, I would say, like film. Ugh. Like uh, oh, the furs in this God. movie are... Uh, yeah, you'll never see them again, probably in history. Like just yeah, no, that, but they were phenomenal, and they were ph- and so beautiful, and just so yeah, just like those were stunners. Like the couple of pieces yeah. that um, both Myrna Loy and Jean Harlow wear at different points were just I couldn't stop staring at them. It just it was so, and then just knowing what it was like that that white fox cape that Myrna Loy is wearing. Just, I was just like, oh my god, that is so that is just like so extravagant. You know, it's it kind of yeah. it's mind blowing to me. You know, it's it's so good. But yeah. Yeah. Love. I mean, but these are kept, like Myrna Loy's character was like the the crazy rich. Crazy white rich. Lady. Yeah. Like, she's like talking about how she wants to take a private she wants to fly her own plane down to DC. Like she even though her father is flying down in a separate plane. She's like, no, no, I want my yeah, own. Yeah, she's like W A S B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. It's like you rich as fuck. Yeah. I'm like, damn girl. Goodness. Um so I actually um, had utilized the book that we had gotten from Vince. I'm just using this book every oh, single well, episode. Uh, please, I please. Uh, it's a basically plug it, a plug it copiously. I pl- um, <laughs> it's from Turner Classic Movies itself. Um, <laughs> creating the illusion, Hollywood, a fashionable history of Hollywood costume designers from our friends as a gift from um, Vince and Rosemary Keenan. Shout out to them. Which, by the way, their third book was released earlier this year. Yay! So if you haven't gotten it. Script for Scandal. Check it out. It's at most of your local bookstores. And if not, you can get it on a website that um, sells books. Um, All of them. uh, Called Amazon. Uh, (laughs) Maybe you heard of it. It's a little known website nobody knows about. It's kind of my my little secret. Um, Anywho. uh, So uh, Dolly Tree is interesting. I was reading about the brief... um, 
biography they have in here is she was born in um, 1899 and she was um, English, English born actually, which I thought was interesting. And, um, she loved art and was constantly sketching. Um, and then in, she actually started um, as se- the age of 17, she started began acting in silent films over in um, England, um, and which I thought was interesting. And she was in a couple of movies, but then she became um, a designer for, and then she was doing some stage work too. And the, but then she transitioned into doing costume design. Um, and then she actually did ended up doing costumes for musical reviews in London. And she ended up doing the Folies Bergère in Paris um, in the twenties, early twenties, which I thought was really fucking cool because those costumes are cuckoo, yeah. especially in the twenties. So, um, but then she actually, it said in 27, she, moved uh she arrived in new york to conquer broadway um i love this it says quote she took out numerous full page ads in industry trade magazines announcing her arrival which <laughs> just like, wow i love so that like it's like PR person. Uh, i love it i mean that's what you would do back then yeah. I mean, like, you would have to kind of like that's i mean there's no Hustle, thing social man. Media back yeah. then. you didn't really have like you know you couldn't go on entertainment tonight you'd have to do something so i guess that sure. more, was more um common practice practice back then um which was actually really cool because it said in 28 she designed the costumes for may west west's original new york stage production of diamond lil um helping west hone her bell of the 1890s look um in tw- um during that time which i think she ended up keeping nice. that look through most of her career yeah. really, which was kind of yeah. cool that she helped to hone sort of jo- um uh may west's sort of persona on stage persona which i thought was really cool um, and then she did some kind of like freelance work at Fox and all of this stuff. And then she ended up at, um, uh, MGM in 1933. And I said, that, um, during the, uh, Irving Thalberg's, uh, I want to say Reign of Terror, but that's not right. Um, during his tenure there and making movies. Um, and she was giving a lot of assignments that Adrian didn't really want to do. And then, um, or <laughs> he was too busy to do. Yeah. Um, because it said that, um, you know, Adrian kept all the, you know, all the high-end ladies for himself, like Garbo and Crawford. Um, but then that ended up leaving people like Myrna Lloyd, Jean Harlow, and Judy Garland for Dolly Tree to design, which was cool. So nice. she ended up doing all... Um, she ended up doing um, designing for Myrna Loy in 17 films, um, including all most of the Thin Man series. Um, and then she ended up working with uh, Judy Garland in some of the more successful films that she actually did, um, including Babes at, Babes at Arms and Strike Up the Band. And then she ended up working uh, with David O. Selznick as well, because he was doing all those big prestige pitch pictures um, in that at that time. Mm-hmm. And she designed uh, David Copperfield and A Tale of Two Cities, which was really cool. Um, and then it was interesting too, um, that she, uh, what is it? Her father died in, um, 1942. Oh, wow. Um, which was, and then she, since she was at Fox, um, Fox studios at the time. And then she ended up leaving that time in 1942 and never designing for a film again. What? She just kind of like quit Whoa. the industry and there's really no, um, there was, they couldn't, there wasn't any reasoning or they didn't have any reasoning to why she quit. Um, they, they were saying perhaps an inter- um, inheritance really found, she found it meant, not necessary to work after her um 
or after her father died uh, because of the, maybe the money that was coming from him. And then um, she never really did any other design work. And then she ended up dying in 1962 in Long Island at the Whoa. age of 63. Gosh. Oh, weird, right? So she designed in Hollywood from 33 to, f- um, yeah, from like 32 to, f- uh, wait, I lied. Do, 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 do. Um, yeah, so she started in like 29 um, and 30 with some films for Fox. And then she, uh, she worked through 1942. So she really only worked for like 12 years in Hollywood. Um, but she pumped out some work though, which was interesting. So yeah, I mean, God, something to think about 12 year career. I mean, well, and just her right? age. I mean, think about all that. Yeah. Like doing I mean, like <laughs> she's in Paris, like whatever, in her twenties doing that shit. Pretty much. What yeah. What are we doing in our twenties? <laughs> making terrible decisions when we think about these people's lives and like you know by the time she retired she's she's already like lived um like (laughs) two lives (laughs) some of these like they live people live so intensely so young um it's it blows my mind you know the accomplishments that they did and by the time they were 30 you know it's insane yeah, I, I thought it was interesting too, but then it reminded me a little bit as well because um, their the life, like structure of how people lived back then was in, was different. You kind of like a lot of people didn't finish high school and then they'd begin working immediately in trades and that sort of thing in early teenagers. So you were kind oh, yeah. of set 13. on a path pretty early, and then <laughs> you didn't. I mean, most there was like a lot of people in the early early days they didn't even go to college. You know, yeah. they were just like you know it was like my father was a tailor. I've always been sewing or I've always been working in yeah. fashion and that's sort yeah. of thing. so as since literally like a child so they ended up growing up in that rather than having to learn through you know the academia and stuff so it, yeah. it, I just think it's interesting that these so it's like when you're in, at 25 and you're fucking designing for the Foley's Berger it's not that like you've already yeah. had like almost 10 years of experience exactly that's so, well, <laughs> that even like these actresses, so crazy you, yeah look at so many of these yeah. actresses they're like well I started this when I was like 12 and 13 when I had to lie and say it was six 16, you know, and, and you're like, and I'm yes, feeding my entire exactly. family and my dad's dying. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh God. And I think that was the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the difference too is, is like, everyone's like, bitch, get out there and make some money yeah. because we don't got enough here. So it's yeah, like, we are starving. Was we literally weight. have no food. You mm-hmm. need to get out. It's all on you and you're five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that that was also kind of what. That was Jean Harlow's story too, oh, right? Yeah. She um, was like kind of taking care of her parents. Well, she kind of came from money. When she was working. She, she married she? well. Mm-hmm. She married well into money. And it's funny. I I wanted to. Uh, you must remember this. Did an episode on her. She actually. Did, she was one of the few that did come from money and was sort of didn't really need the job. Didn't really need the acting job. Her mom um, was wanted to be an actress at some point, but then, um, and I think her her mom like well she, she was able to get. Gina Har- like Harleen was like married into uh, wealth very young but again 16 she's like 16 17 yeah. and like living like rich lady wife life and like uh, and then was yeah. like randomly she actually uh, went with a friend she took a friend to uh, to an audition at the studio and oh, they took yes, one look I at her and that. they were like what about you you know and uh, that's kind of how it happened it was she was kind of yeah. reluctant she was more reluctant but I think she pursued it because her mom again she was very close to her mom and right Vicarious um, stage mom scenario, kind of, and thing. and remember, Jean Harlow, her nickname, like not just with her mom, but everyone, was the baby. She was the baby. Oh. 
And she was known as that, as the baby. And I think that is so, like, she was, but um, I was just reading and reading about her. She was uh, the most, uh, one of the things consistent about her was that she was just very undiva. She was, like, very undiva-like when she would go to work. She was easy, easy breezy, not demanding, you know. But she's coming from that depression era of, like, you know, what do you need? (laughs) What do you need? You know, like, what do you got to, what do I need to do? Like, okay, like, I'm not going to complain because I'm just, you know, you're again, you're just grateful to have a job. You know, you just have a different attitude about it. So anyway, but, uh, I, uh, I love I honestly really love her in these, this film. And I love her. I love her films, too. Actually. She's got this sort of like very brassy. She's like a broad and I, she I, I you know, and comes I love across that. as like, like worldly. It, it like, she's, mm-hmm. she's been through shit, but you're like, how old are right. you? Like it's amazing. And she has no time for anybody. Ain't got no like, time she has for no that? time for flim flam. <laughs> but you could tell, like, but it's interesting because she's like totally falling for William Powell's bullshit in this movie. Yes. And she just like all she wants to do is get married and settle down. It's like so funny. She's, she's just, just like, But you know, she lives it. in a hotel and has a maid <laughs> and has a maid for no reason. And you're just like, I don't know where you're getting this money from. But uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, maybe from her first husband that they have. She um, to they mentioned briefly in the earlier part of the film. I just wanted to spin off a movie of like her and her maid going on hijinks and antics uh, because they had I a know. really good rapport. I'm like, wait, I want more of this. <laughs> it was very much like yes, the May West, really like the May West maid kind of thing that she had as well, where like. She right. she would often have mates that were essentially her, like her equals in in like dialogue and exchange and all that kind of stuff right. and like they were like definitely weren't just like uh, extras you know like they were kind of integral yeah. to like, moving the dialogue forward and I feel like hit, uh, her and then I think it was Ching like the, there was like the Asian like Butler oh, yeah. the they were boy. they were I like that they were both given dialogue to that that help move the story forward you know what i mean like it was and again that's that was not always seen but i like that that was kind of utilized here so and an mgm of all places well anyway i'm gonna i'm just never mind i mean yeah no i mean you can go on about mgm i mean they had trouble let's say Uh, they're not a perfect character yeah (laughs) it's hard i mean yeah just it's an interesting yeah i've just a, there's too much i've had too MG. much caffeine and not enough time that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> louis b mayer is you know playing by his own set of rules <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh, what you call everybody like, back then was a, a piece that. of shit <laughs> but <laughs> eh. yeah how anyway. do you how do you say a stupid bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> How oh, you say goodness. garbage person? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, goodness, uh, did you want me to talk about the storyline on the, or was there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the storyline? I got a couple of things. Um, nothing to. I was curious about the five million dollar suit. Oh yeah. So apparently, I I went and I googled it. $5 million in 1936 would be worth $92 million today. So the, it, the you know, con- conversion for inflation is almost $100 million. So that would not, like, if you were in that if, in that audience and you heard that she was suing for $5 million, you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> you'd that be, be like, that bitch is, like, she is pissed. <laughs> yeah, shit's ugly. <laughs> yeah, That's like, like $92 million. That reminds me of, like, when they, uh, like, bringing down Gawker. That would have been a equivalent to like that yeah. you know when when that happens pretty much yeah wow i mean goodness 92 million dollars i could use some of that right now yep um jeez yeah. 
because I'm hopelessly addicted to math. Um, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> sequence i that took a turn wow. <laughs> it, got, it, it got dark oh no <laughs> no i'm not addicted to math yet, yet. um there's still time uh, <laughs> never do anywho nice right is there um is there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into did you have anything else about dolly tree in your reading um i covered a lot i apologize yeah well just, kind of yet. kind of very similar to you just that um she was i don't want to say second tier but it kind of reminds me of like what happened with our lovely makeup artist um dotty pondon or uh pondell mm. with uh with uh you mentioned judy garland because it's like yeah well jack don like gave her like it doesn't surprise me because these are like Dolly right. that she's doing costumes for the same people that Dolly, uh, that um, Dottie was doing makeup for Mae West. I mean, these are, they're all in the same circles and I find that very interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I will want to go down that rabbit hole at some point in research. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's interesting that there was like levels um, to the, <laughs> to the costuming department, like Adrian willingly gave up. Like, he's just like, I don't got time for this shit. Like you do that. Yeah. Um, and I did like that. He didn't, um, he didn't demand his, his name on it. No. And saying since he, she was working under him rather than doing that, he let her actually have the credit for that, which I thought, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if it's, I'm not saying that he's a hero by any means no, for well, doing that, but it's just nice that she got credit because yeah. I know some people didn't allow that to happen. Well, yeah, so. and at that point, like I said, I was I was like, mm, interesting. The common thread here is all these like people, the quote unquote second tier, or let's mm-hmm. face it, the people that they really trust they can give this shit to are women. So they're like, oh well, well you know, right. hey, she's got she's got yeah. this. But yeah, you're right. He didn't what have to it? give her credit. I don't. Jack right. Don didn't do that very as much. So you know, like I think that um, it, yeah, that's kind of that was on them to even do that. So this is where it's like, <laughs> yes, it was shitty, but it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Yeah. But it's interesting though, because um, Adrian did dress um, Jean Harlow he for did. dinner at eight. He did. So mm-hmm. I wonder what the difference was. Was that maybe because like Barrymore was in that I was going to say, well, there was or he was busy people. on something else. He could have, because remember they were maybe. all doing things at the same time. So was he working on like mm-hmm. another heavy hitter at that time, like another period drama right, or something that, that he was yeah. doing? Cause it said he was more interested in working with like Garbo and um, Crawford mm-hmm. so I guess maybe they maybe had some other stuff that was in production at the same time and he couldn't you know, maybe he was in Paris doing his research for Marie Antoinette that we read about so I'm just maybe. saying chronologically who knows maybe. who knows but um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, this was really uh, fun to research because I know well, one of the things I read was that um, so as we know, we were talking Jean Harlow and William Power will, were a couple at that time and this was yeah. an opportunity for them to work together and so originally I think they wanted she was or they were kind of angling maybe that uh, William Powell would have been in the part of Spencer Tracy but obviously that wouldn't have worked but it's kind of great that they were yeah they were able to work together even though they weren't technically a couple in the film um, uh, one of my favorite uh, kind of Hollywood stories that always, I always thought was really touching about them is that they were um, they were like I guess they were a couple up until she passed away and uh, well another dark fact is that I don't know which yeah. dress and maybe somebody knows but one of the gowns that she wore in this movie she was actually buried in because she passed away after making oh. this film like she was actually filming Saratoga I believe when right, she passed yes. so this was this movie this movie was released october 9th of 36 and she was 
she died um, in she died in June of 37 mm-hmm. so less than a year later yeah. she died and was yeah then this film so. yeah and so one of those one of the gowns from this film she was buried in um, she was uh, her and William Power were a couple of the time one of the great stories I love is that um, he um, a lot of people don't know that a fun fact about Jean Harlow she she wanted to be a writer and was a writer in fact published her own novel she published like this really Ooh. cool I found it on Amazon it's like 80 something dollars for paperback but it's this really cool, like old Hollywood novel, um, or you know, it's 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 kind of loosely based on her life, but not really. It's sort of like a murder mystery kind of thing. I I'm sorry, I don't have the name of it. I didn't huh. pull it up, but so that she did that, but she really did want to kind of write, and um, that was something that she had talked about with him, um, and something they connected on. And also, they were both from the same. I think they were both from Kansas City, from Missouri. So they're both like originally from the same were born in the same city and that was something they connected on but mm-hmm. uh, but the, the story I thought was really cool was that um, after finding out that she did love to write and of course that wasn't something anyone wanted they didn't take seriously about her he sent her he, uh, as a present he sent her like a couple of um, big stacks of paper and or a, a couple of notebooks and some uh, like pencils and erasers and was just sort of like fill up all these pages with words and so like to me like that is like such a touching gift to give a gal Uh (laughs) the gift of writing of like writing tools knowing that something and again at that time like I just thought like I would have my heart would have melted and I thought that was really cool so I'm paraphrasing that story a lot I I was gonna try to find it I I read it more than once but yeah that's I thought that was a really cool touching story about like he could have gave her you know a get like diamonds and furs but she could have got that from anyone but um mm-hmm. it just reminds me of like material it's like it's like the song material girl it's so cute yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it that's all i got <laughs> oh, no i love that um Gina really is a, is, she's an interesting character i want mm-hmm. i'd love to learn more about her i have the book that you actually gave me as a gift um the gene harlow in hollywood book yes. that i've looked, looked through i need to like actually sit down and read it it's just it's one of those large format books where it's like a copy table book so it's it's good though um we'll have to read more into it that's where i got some information for the last time we did a gene harlow movie yeah so. and, and again she's another um, example of somebody who god they lived such full lives before you know, know. It's, it's hard to believe that she was so young because it just seems like she was doing so much and came across as so yeah. she's only mature. 26 years and, old when she yeah died. Uh, i mean that's nuts that's crazy yeah <laughs> and anyway but yeah this was a great movie i'm really glad that um i accidentally watched this and it was great to be able to read about her and um and her and her relationship with william powell so um that was really cool and about him in general like he ended up living a really long time he lived until his mm-hmm. 90s um and oh, wow. uh had kid, you know got married had kids he ended up and he he ended up having a very you know full life as well so it's just um and i he also i think was a cancer survivor like like i think that was the other thing like she know. died then he gets diagnosed with cancer it was crazy like shit was crazy and these people wow. lived through that so anyway Jesus. yeah it was just intense but but he seemed like he was a good guy you know and yeah. uh yeah but Girl, we love you, Jean Harlow. She's just like, she's just one of those people, like, and especially in this movie, you're just like, I love the way she talks. 
I love how just whippity smart she is, and she's really funny. And you can tell when she's looking at William Powell, you're just like, oh my god, you were so in love with him. You can't even hide yeah, it on your face. <laughs> I don't blame so it. Cute. William Powell is kind of like he's kind of like low key hot, he is. but like, but he's also just like charming. AF. Like yes. He is the most charming dude on screen. I love all the movies that he yeah. did, really. Like, just like he's so good in all the Thin Man movies. And he's That's amazing. Right. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> God, the Thin Man, he's yeah. so good in that That's movie. That's the thing. He's just, and he's, yeah. What's not to fall in love with with that guy? He's great. I know, you know? Right? <laughs> and he's really amazing in, um, in you know, The Great Ziegfeld. Yeah. He's, he's just got such a way and, like, just so glad. And he's charming as hell in this movie, too. Or yeah. he's just like, just, just the best. Like, anyway, I can't. I mean, if you uh, if you see a movie and it's got William Powell in it, you're in for a right treat. I'll tell you yeah. that because it's he's such a great guy. Also, so, snappy so dresser, uh, really well dressed. Uh, like yes. he he's really good at like dressing really well, but without being like. But you still know he's not too much of a dandy. You're like he's he's very well dressed, but you know he could probably punch you in the face pretty good. You know what I mean? Like he probably <laughs> could hold his own. Again, that's probably yeah. just coming from that like. I want to say he was from like Kansas City or something. It's just like he's he's got that like, you know, that's like I'm a I'm a I'm a dude, but I'm like a really well dressed gambler kind of dude, like a like a Duck Holiday yeah. kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know. I got nothing. <laughs> sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just like Duck Holiday, it all goes back to Tombstone. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> Cool. So uh, let me let's just yes. run through the storyline real fast on this ma- mama jamma. So uh, obviously this movie begins with the newspaper, uh, the, because it's all about the newspaper in this movie. Um, the printer, the printers in the printing room receive a call that they need to kill a story about the international socialite named Connie Allenberry, played by Myrna Loy. Um, the false report was about her stealing another's hus- another man's another woman's husband. I wrote another man's husband. I'm like what? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this is a pre-code movie, clearly. <laughs> Uh, so to help the fix uh, this uh, fix the situation, they have to call their editor in chief, Warren Haggerty, played by Spencer Tracy. Um, but it's his wedding day! Oh my god! Um, <laughs> so he rushes back to the paper, followed shortly by his fiance Gladys Benton, and played by Jean Harlow. She's in full wedding drag, and she looks amazing. Uh, Haggerty calls up Connie's father in London, played by Walter Connolly, to apologize and smooth things over. Um, they want none of his flim flam and slap him with a five. <laughs> million dollar libel suit um the paper can't afford a suit like that uh, whatever <laughs> shall they do so they go on a search a worldwide search for bill chandler played by william powell um they end up tracking him down and convince him to help with the situation so here's the plan he's going to get connie in a compromising position and have his quote wife sue her for alienation of affection thus proving the headline correct um all they need now is a girl for bill to marry so haggerty has a stroke of genius and convinces gladys to marry bill she's not happy about it but does it in the end because she loves haggerty um on some level, uh, despite his his obsession with the paper. So, <laughs> Bill sails to London in order to sail back with the Allenberries. Uh, he meets her on the dock and saves her from predatory reporters. Um, in return for his chivalry, Mr. Allenberry invites Bill to drinks, where Bill fakes interest in trout fishing. Connie thinks that he's a fortune hunter, but Mr. Allenberry is loving all this um, 
angling talk. Um, and Connie ends up dodging um, his traps on the boat. And then when they return to New York City, Mr. Allenberry invites him to go fishing at his upstate cabin. Um, this is perfect. Um, Bill um, will get Connie alone, and Gladys will burst in with a private detective. Um, while upstate, Bill, knowing very little about fishing, manages to catch a prized fish, fooling the Allenberries into believing that he's a you know <laughs> a seasoned fisherman. Um, that was really funny, that though. Scene. Like that whole scene. <laughs> I love how like the guy's teaching. He's like, "Huh, you're just like a real natural. You just like he like wings it." I love that. I love that twist. <laughs> so good. Um, uh, let's see. And then um, during an evening swim with Connie, she confesses that she judged him wrong and it becomes clear that she's falling for him and Bill is falling for Connie. Uh, so Bill intercepts Gladys and Haggerty before they can bust in on him. And then back at the city, Haggerty is losing faith in Bill's plan and wants Gladys to file charges against Connie with very little, um, little to no evidence of their alienation of affection. So Bill convinces Gladys to hold off by making her think that he's falling for her all the while still courting Connie. Um, so uh, Gladys and Bill confront Haggerty to tell him to cool his jets on the, um, on the suit of alienation of affection. And this is when uh, Haggerty realizes that Bill's working on Gladys too. So, af so after a lot of time has passed and Haggerty begins to lose faith in him, so he goes directly to Connie to plead with her to drop the suit. While discussing it, um, in walks Bill. Haggerty is shocked to see him there playing house and rushes out to tell Gladys. Gladys, believing in Bill's method, doesn't care. Um, Bill has assured her that he's going to get Connie to drop the suit um, at a big charity bazaar the next night. So Haggerty, sick of this plan, has a paper faked um, to make it look like Bill and Connie are off to get married. So Gladys is shocked to see this and rushes off to the party to confront Bill. At the party, Mr. Allenberry learns um, that he... Uh, Sorry, he learns that Bill is married to Connie. Um, sorry, is married, so Connie confronts him. Um, she does this in a way where she, ins uh, she instead asks Bill to marry her. So they rush off to get married just as Gladys arrives to the party. So uh, Gladys then tracks him down at a hotel room and confronts Connie and Bill. Bill announces that her previous divorce wasn't valid, so Bill and Gladys's marriage was never really valid. So um, he is married to Connie now. But wait! Uh, so Gladys <laughs> announces that um, she knew that her divorce didn't go through previously, so she um, um, did go into Reno in order to get a proper divorce, thus making her marriage to Bill legal now. Um, so this actually invalidates Connie and Bill's marriage. Good God. Um, <laughs> so did we mention this is a madcap screwball comedy? Yeah, staying, staying up, up to date, folks. You got that? Yeah. yeah. So Gladys wants um, Bill all to herself. So um, and then a whole lot of arguing happens and Bill and Haggerty begin physically attacking one another. Uh, Gladys then runs to Haggerty, proving that she does, in fact, love him instead of Bill. This is when Mr. B Allen Berry bursts into the scene and can't make heads or tails of who is married to whom. And the. <laughs> And <laughs> I'm assuming they uh, they fix it all. You know, they figure out all that shit <clears throat> off screen. <laughs> but that's the gist of the story, which was fucking hilarious. Um, Kathleen, uh, we need to talk about fashion. Oh, my God. Clearly the most important part. Very important and um, very great in this movie. I thought well used. Uh, <laughs> I was I was going to say I, also I I. 
I just because I was just looking at a picture, but we forgot to mention there's also this really great scene where Jean Harlow is at a um, or her characters um, at a beauty salon and she's getting the old school. Oh my god! Yes. Where they like literally hook up every mm-hmm. curler to a um, like a, a plug, or, like a cord with a plug. And, yeah. And she's sitting there with like a clay mask on her face or something, and and like that's the first time I think I've ever really seen anyone like in one of those. I've always seen pictures of them, but like to actually see someone yes. in a film and it looks like she's undergoing some sort of science experiment or um, uh, <laughs> uh, some sort of head torture. Um, yeah. So I think it's like the, I think this was like the f- first wave of hot rollers as it were. Like, they or like permanent. The, I think it's like rollers. permanent waves. I think I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's what that's for. Cause I guys, if there anyone can weigh on on this, this would be great because like I, I yeah, like the science. I, I, I want to say this is like when they were first doing permanence, like with, the chemicals and like the heat and all that. So I'm, I'm wondering if these were like, yeah, like you said, like hot rollers, because at that point they were doing like permanent waves for finger waves and stuff. Um, and so much of that is like a lost art now. Like we don't even know like know. how they did some of this stuff. But anyway, it was really cool to see. I thought it was really funny. And again, just showing the range of how great, like, <laughs> you know, all the things we missed out on because we lost you too soon, Miss Harlow, because you were a funny, funny no. gal who wasn't afraid to get ugly. So you, <laughs> even though you were adorable. <laughs> anyway, yes. but um, like we mentioned before, this this film has a lot of amazing furs. Um, like I said up top, that fox fur that Myrna, Lors, Myrna Loy is wearing is one of my favorites. I also really, really yeah. love the, um, I'm assuming it's white, but the suit that Jean Harlow is wearing, I want that. <laughs> it's like uh, a, the one that during the during the fishing, the fish she, scene. Yes, or where the, the um, fishing lessons. The fish instruction scene. Yes, and I think it's yes. supposed to be like an indoor, like a lounge suit. It's got this gorgeous, like yeah. wide leg pants with the piping on the side, the matching piping like on the little jacket um, and it fits her so beautifully and I love, um, there's a part where like you go to see her sit down and she like, she zhuzhes her pants up like a guy does, you know, so that they don't crease uh-huh. it, like pull at the knees and I'm just like, I love you. It is, it is one of yes. my favorite looks, even though it's not like super glam, but she is amazing looking. It's beautiful <laughs> and another thing, I'm actually looking at a really great photo of it too because it has um, it has, I think it closes with a little like hidden button yes. or something but it has two two monogrammed buttons that says GC I on it know. which is Gladys Chandler <laughs> her married name is not even her maiden name, I it's know, like right? custom so good, like the little teeny tiny details is so it's cute It's so good thing. and it's so just like, she's like I'm a, she's like I got this <laughs> Yes. I, bitch, I've already monogrammed my clothes. <laughs> She's like, I'm married now. <laughs> it's so good, though. And I love the way that the jacket, it doesn't have a shawl collar. It almost has like a tuxedo collar. Like, it's very It masculine. does. It's like a pointed. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's, it's and so it's beautiful. got a beautiful pleat. And like yes. A, it's so, pi- I mean, it's piped within an inch of its life. No, it's it, so it is. And and then like the, the, she's got like the high-waisted pants with the front pleats that just, everything drapes oh, gorgeously. Yes. It just, and it looks comfortable. Like it looks like, oh, yeah. like just that You know, it's probably like really nice, wool, like lightweight wool oh, or something like a. I can't. Gabardine. It's probably lined in oh. silk or satin. Oh God. Yeah. The feeling of those pants are fucking lined too. So I can't. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> 
goodness. Yeah, but yeah, just some things oh, like yeah. that. that. But really... that white fur, that the white fur that Myrna wears oh, at, the, at the dinner scene, the gown under that is really beautiful. The too. gown is it's gorgeous. It's very simple. It's got like some like a little bit of like beading at the waist, mm-hmm. and it's very deep V, super duper deep mm-hmm. V, like all the way down to her like you know cha cha. Yep. And in looking at a lot of Dolly Tree's work, she definitely this is a lot of stuff that she was really seemed to be her jam. Like even like yeah. and it, and it's really reminiscent of a lot of the work that she was doing in the 20s. A lot of that again lost to the ages that beautiful draping that's just on a natural woman's body. And that's where I feel like um again like I guess maybe the more I'm doing this is like that's I feel like that's like a woman that's a woman designing for another woman there's not a lot of like corsetry or constriction and it's like highlighting and using the natural form as you know a showcase for beautiful fabrics and beading and like everything being strategic and that again even those little subtleties of like the monogram like those little things that are just so like you're speaking like a language with that and and it's very good and Myrna Loy is so beautiful like she she had a background being more of like exotic in the 20s like they would they kind of played that up more she was more vampy but by this point they had her yeah. doing these like these very waspy society ladies and it works so well she is so good yes. <laughs> and um i honestly uh, i think she's one of the that like, face. unsung heroes of old hollywood <laughs> For she real. is so gorgeous For real. and so She's so understatedly and sharp-witted. Yes. Like, her wit is so sharp and so under... I mean, if you've never seen The Thin Man, the first Thin Man, it's she is so good in that movie. Yes. Like, she is heavenly. Yeah, and her and William Powell, I mean, they did a ton of movies together. They'd already been in a ton of movies before they did mm-hmm. this. So, um, which, again, it just... That guy must have been a real good guy to work with. For real. Like, I'm you sure. just... You, you know, I mean, it's, well, I, I hope. Uh, yeah, we, well, well, we hope. But, yeah, you there's little common threads sometimes you see. But, but yeah, uh, she's beautiful. And <laughs> to our early conversation about eyebrows, her fucking eyebrows look good. Girl. Now, guys, let's look with all the Instagram, all the big eyebrows out there in the world. Let's take a moment to appreciate yeah. beautifully crafted, sculpted eyebrows from the golden age of Hollywood, mm-hmm. because hers are fucking yes. strong. <laughs> she looks yeah. gorgeous, and they like take a tip, you guys. Want eleganza? You want to look elegant? <laughs> Less is more with the eyebrows. I'm just well, saying. I mean, yeah, if you're doing it, <sighs> she has a really. It, but it's funny because her eyebrows aren't as skin no. and pencil thin no. as a. As you know, as Jean Harlow. No, but they're natural, they're but they're very like that. They're nice and long. Yes. they just go on for days and days. <laughs> and they just all the way to her ear. <laughs> well, basically. they look because she's got these beautiful almond-shaped eyes, and it's just and and they do that. Just again, I bet I bet it's Dottie, Dottie doing her makeup. That like really natural Possibly. smoky eye with like the real beautiful like sculpt like mascara. Just she looks so elegant, eleganza <laughs> with a capital E. <laughs> yes, I wish I could find a photo of her. I can't seem to find a good photo of her when she's flipping the flapjacks. Um, oh, she's that's a cute outfit and too. She's got a cute little dra- floral dress on, and she just also there's just something she just does a really great job of like I I own the griddle. Yeah, like kind of her like her vibe in that scene. I just think it's so cute. I'm like I don't know why, but there's something that's so cute. Oh about, no, she and, and her little fisherman looks like when she's in the gators and going oh, out there. Yes. She, she's adorable. She's adorable. Horrible. And like, I, and she's chasing after the fish, and she's having like the best time. Of her yeah, life. It's, so it's so good. I love it. I love the like, you know these movies. I love how they run the range with these ladies. They're like dripping with diamonds, or they're like running after fish. We love it. They just it's yeah. so good. I was 
I believe I was reading in the Joan Hall, uh, Joan Hart, Jean, Joan, <laughs> Jean Harlow book, um, Joan Holloway book, that um, hey. they they went they filmed the fishing scene on location up in the mountains of of L, uh, like the Sierras so, and wow. stuff. So, but they she they Myrna Loy said that they that was like one of the best times they had because it was like away from the rat race of the studios yeah. and they got to be able to like have some fun and like they actually had a really really good yeah time it was probably like day camp or something that would have been fun yeah from. I'm like, I want to do that. I know. I want to film with Mary Lloyd. I know, right? Like the outdoor <laughs> the stuff mountain. was so fun. And imagine how beautiful it was back in the 30s. Like all oh, those all God. those Sierras and so all untouched like that. I can't. Exactly. Uh, like nothing. Like it takes hours and hours to get up there because all the, sh- the roads are like kind of shitty. Yeah. They're like <laughs> literal dirt roads with like yeah. miners and prospectors probably still living in the hills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of really good looks. Gina Harlow has some amazing. Um, uh, Sorry, I just found a shirtless photo of Gary Cooper. Oh, that's okay. Take a moment. Go. I had to take. I had to take. That's a moment. all right. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I will segue into one of my other favorite outfits and great scene is when Gina Harlow is. In, it's more toward the earlier part of the movie. She has that gorgeous wide brimmed hat with what looks like a kind oh, of silver lame um, yes. uh, uh, blouse and everything. Yes, when she does. <laughs> She bites him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you're talking about the one with the one at back at the hotel. Yes, I'm sorry. Back at the hotel when she's um uh well it's it's the one scene where she's wearing the hat like uh, she goes to meet him and um. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's blank, okay. But... That's the one. That's the wedding scene, like the little at the courthouse. It's got like a surplice front, and it's yes. got like a really beautiful like drape down the front. Yes, yes, that one's gorgeous, and the hat's brilliant too. Yes, because um, she's really uh, able to use it for the go... blocking and like being so pissed off, and it just it works off. Yeah. It works with her. <laughs> so good, Warren Haggerty. <laughs> so good. I just love the way that she screams at him. Yes. So good. She's got amazing jewelry in that. That is a beautiful top. It's like a surplice top, which crosses in the front. And like, I think it wraps around and then has a buckle on yes. the front. Yes. Um, and then it's got this beautiful, like, um, kind of like, and then the, the end kind of trails down. And then it's got like kind of a dolman shape to it too. Yeah. It's, like it's... kind of draped in a way where it really hugs her tatas <laughs> and like she is not wearing a bra well, <laughs> no, but again this is and it's just that that beautiful like drape work of of like you know working with the natural body we see that a lot in the early 30s where like a lot of the foundations mm-hmm. and stuff were very soft there wasn't a lot of like like shapewear yet um and exactly, it's just right, done yeah. beautifully uh mind you of course everybody's starving and on the bread line so there's these you know lovely gorgeous figures to work with because there's no fat on them <laughs> at all there's everybody's just kind of a hanger because <laughs> fucking hungry anyway uh, but the next yes. scene i was gonna say the other another one of my favorite looks is the evening dress she's wearing with the backless cape i didn't know that was possible but it, i love that dress as well um it's like right the one that's at the hotel yes, after just, just after, after that, that. Yes. yes that's the it's uh, like oh just my God. two strips of fabric as a it's so cool because a, from the front like, it full-on looks like she's wearing a cape and then you turn around and you're like oh mm-hmm. my god that dress goes through a booty crack and like and there is no cape it's just two <laughs> beautifully draped pieces of fabric to give like a fake cape look i'm into it i love it yes i love it too oh god so beautiful and again not a stitch of underwear it doesn't matter she is living her best underwear free life she's just wearing two stickers (laughs) and a maxi two stickers and a maxi pad not even not even (laughs) she's wearing the dress that's what it is she's just stepping into it (laughs) 
There you go. God. Um, yeah, there's a there. The, that one. That one was really beautiful. I loved that one. I honestly really loved her finale look too that she wore in the final scenes. Yes. That was that like coat with the big fur. That's another the, like, that collar. Another one of those and heavy it's got headers the with the fur. Big fur like circles kind of thing. Oh god, that fur was Love. amazing. And that just that shape of the skirt with the fur trim. On yes. It was really beautiful because as she walked, it was like no, and it wow. looks so like yummy and luxurious and. She does look very, I think in that end scene, she looks very refined. She is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also when Myrna Loy is wearing that amazing one shoulder number that, again, I yes. love. And and again, she's not, if you look at it, even from the side, she's not super sculpted. She doesn't have like big tatas out. It's like everything is very, no. it looks like it's like fabric that was draped on her body and pinned on one shoulder and then just kind of cut and crafted to her body. It's gorgeous. Oh. Gorgeous. And that fabric was really beautiful too. Really I think beautiful. It was a shadow lame or something. It was like a lame that actually had a pattern in it. it it's so it was sumptuous. like a jacquard. Yeah. So pretty. You can just I tell, was, like, yeah. I, I was thinking that, like, watching this movie, even though it's, like, grainy black and white, I'm just like, these furs and these fabrics, like, don't exist anymore. Like, we don't Mm-mm. have this yeah. level of luxury. And for a fabric that's just, like, so beautiful, and this is a good example of that, where it's, like, the fabric and the figure is so beautiful. You don't need a lot of diamonds. She's really not wearing, like, a, I don't even think she's wearing jewelry. She's not really wearing, like, he- you don't see a lot um, of, like, heavy no. necklaces or anything like like that every it's just the Mm-mm. the the sheer opulence of the fabric and the form like the, yeah. the figure and the, the person wearing it is just it's so commanding and beautiful and strong and again that's just that early 30s eleganza i love i love love Me love too. it's just oh, like God. it's just like through the face of everything shitty people are like hell or high water bitch <laughs> i am glamour and i'm doing this and it just i love it it's just it feels so God. good it's so good it's such a big fuck you to like shitty life you know what i mean <laughs> Exactly. That's like so many of these movies. We're just a big fuck you and, to shitty life. <laughs> yeah, and William Powell and Tra- um, Spencer Tracy in tuxedo. I can't. We they didn't even so talk good. about the men. The men uh, in, like and then at this time, every even the old men in suits look stunning. Every, the suits and yes. the menswear are just lovely. Even if you're a smarmy character, everybody's got like you know the slicked hair and and the little like accessories mm-hmm. and stuff, and it just looks so good. The cut of everybody's pants, yeah. everything, everything's so good. <laughs> yeah, and the hat game in this. Is really ha- oh my god, the hat games look good. So um, good. A couple of things that I need to point out is one in the scene where they uh, she the uh, speaking of fur, Jean uh, Harlow ends up wearing like a chinchilla fur. Yes, that's like on top of that dress that has like the fleur to Lee right under her boobs mm-hmm. but the, the fur is actually cut or the top of the sleeve is cut open so that it actually like is kind of it's all asymmetrical it's like, open, it's it's, like a slash I love it it's just like a slash sleeve it's so cool I love looking. it it's that like she's just really bathed beautiful. in furs like it's just Basically, you know you're like, is yeah. that a collar what's going on I'm like it doesn't matter it's, it's just so like she's cool. like luxuriating in this because you know that chinchilla probably felt so fucking good mm, <laughs> I hate to say like, it but it's true <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. um <laughs> It just it's it is what it is. Sorry, like, it's too late. Silk and chinchilla. I can't. I can't. I can't. Get out of here. Um. There was that one was really beautiful. And I think there was a couple other people like Myrna Loy has this amazing gown on too when he, on the boat when uh, Bill Chandler kind of goes after her for being um for being like. Uh, fragile and kind of calls her out for that and like really gets uh, gets under her skin for that she's wearing this like big tool kind of like um, wrap around her that's really beautiful yes that one was really fun and then I honestly really loved her uh, Jean Harlow's um, 
like dressing gown that she wears in the scene. It's like really briefly. It's the scene where her and her maid are actually interact at one yes. time. Yes. Where uh, it's all like super, ro- like super frilly, like rosettes mm-hmm. on the shoulder and kind of goes down. It's so pretty. And, um, and she's in it when she, um, when he says, when he asks her to marry, to, to get married a second time. And then it's kind of like the trap where she doesn't realize she's getting married to Bill Chandler. What an asshole. But she looks stunning in that. Like that dressing gown looks stunning. And I'm like, Ugh, how can I use that fabric like roughly bit? on like, I need to use that on a costume of some sort of dressing gown where it's just all sheared rosettes and stuff and beautiful everywhere. Like really big, floofy fabric. It was so beautiful. Just wear it on a um, Wednesday going to work I know <laughs> just a little something something for when I'm you know when I call in sick one day where I'm just like I'm just gonna luxuriate around in this you're like mama said um, fake it till you make it so exactly. <laughs> here we are exactly <laughs> <laughs> goodness oh and then she also has another one with a big fur the big fur cuffs too I mean the, the gown there's just gowns and gowns, co- dressing gowns, gowns, gowns it's and, truly oh god gowns gowns exactly but there's so many good like I love that she has like four different dressing gowns in this movie yes and she's just well like, think about it she spends you know, a lot of time stunning. waiting she spends a lot of time I in mean, that hotel yeah. fucking waiting to get married waiting to do shit and so exactly. you know it's just yeah. a, it's, a, it's a lot of lounging and you know her and, yes. her, and her and her maid tiny which uh, <laughs> like tiny. I said oh. I want them to have I want their own spinoff like so like I just I, I want the adventures of them together <laughs> So. And it's kind of a bummer too because um, Hattie McDaniel was in this movie as an uncredited extra. That's did crazy. Did you not? Did you know this? No. She was the. She's the maid that's kind of just like washing the windows when in the background of the scene when they go when they say goodbye at the elevator for huh. the first time. She's like in the background and she's just like smiling and like watching them as they say goodbye. And I'm like, why would they cast Hattie McDaniel in a non-speaking part? She's like, that's okay. It's like, getting paid. Getting paid. I know. Yeah. Paid. But it's just, yeah. I just like, it's so interesting that she's just like back in the background. I'm, she, maybe I wonder if she had lines at one point and they ended up trimming it down. I, well, it's, it seems so odd to use somebody. That sounds very like they're, I, I wonder if that whole scene with the maids maybe was even bigger, to be honest. Maybe. You know? But it was just strange to have her, unless unless she was just like on like on the lot, and they were just like, "Hey, you're this is what you're doing today," like you know, because she was under contract. So, just interesting. Oh, um, that's true. If she was under strange it would have been to, just being yeah. used, pretty much. Like, hey, yeah. you know, report to work. Here's the thing. Yeah, it's like you're already on the payroll. You're not working. We're using as an extra. <laughs> Like, okay. I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of how it was. I mean, think about all that product yeah. placement and branding and sh- like all the ads and shit that they they got nothing for, nothing. Yeah, yeah. God. I mean, it's nuts, but um, this one it was really, really fun to watch. It was so and really fun, just so beautiful and very yeah. inspiring as far as tra- styles and like some you know details and stuff. Like yeah, that. So yeah. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Yeah, they did a pretty good. I mean, the restoration's pretty good on the one that was on Amazon. I think so. so. I think it was really you know, good. Not, um, definitely watch it yeah. if you've got a nice big TV. But otherwise, I uh, mean, I, yes. I watched it once on the TV and I had to watch a couple times on my phone. Still good. Still really good. You know, so it, good. it's just uh, an excellent film with Gene, like an excellent. Well, not that they're they're all great, but it's it's you got Gene Harlow, yes. you got Myrna Loy. Yeah, yeah, William Powell, Spencer Tracy. What's not to love? It's just fantastic, you know. know, Right. (laughs) Also, and I love the father. He's got that like 
What? I was going to say, I sound like tired old queen at the movie. And I was like, wait, no, he did an episode on this. He did an episode on, yeah, on did? Michael oh, Lady, and to, it's adorable. You know how, because I love oh, him so much. Like, God, if, oh. if there's anyone who loves old movies more than us, it's him. Because, And I just love yes. the way he talks. He just, you want to see the movie after he spends only like five minutes exactly. talking about it. So, yeah. Yes. But. So if you haven't seen tired old queen of the movies, look him up on YouTube. Yes. He's hilarious. I love him. Our uncle Steve Hayes. Um, it's fine. It's good. Yes. Uh, what was uh, I was got to give a shout out to the father to the guy who plays the father. Uh, I want to say Walter oh, Connolly. Yes, yeah, Walter Connolly, he where he's great. got that like nasally voice, where he's like, where he's like, Connie. I fucking <laughs> love just him. That perfect, he's like the perfect archetype of like a dad character, oh, God, for, he's like, so a, good. like a like a rich dad character. He's just so befuddled by yep. everything. It's so funny. And, and you know, oh, and it's funny because like in the 1930s, you definitely saw this more. Just kind of talking about like with even with like Marie Dressler, these older actors who were legit uh-huh. older who had been around from the days of like vaudeville who were basically born in victorian times and they can yeah. act their way around all these young people like six times a sunday like it's crazy yeah. and they they light up like they steal the scenes they light up a room everybody loves them they're not really in direct competition with any of the stars they facilitate and help move the story but they they're also just so they're so fucking good you can just tell they're mm-hmm. they have such the talent, the, the the experience is just it's it's screams across the screen at you, and it's fantastic to watch. And he's a good example of that, where you're just like, yeah, really oh my god, so many Simpsons characters were made after you. Yes, so crazy. Yes, <laughs> you're exactly. like, you are I, patient zero for that. <laughs> I know. I love. I honestly love movies. I love these movies in the 30s that have a little bit of that cartoon quality, where there's love always just one character yes. who's like really going for it, like cartoon style, yeah. like like a Chuck Jones esque, and you're just. <laughs> like all right okay but for some reason i'm buying it like oh, i don't I know why it. there's just there's a guy with a weird nasal voice for, <laughs> you're like all righty but then you um, realize that's probably where the chuck jones characters came from where people like oh of course like him yeah. and, and you know and these other but and anyway. i think it's a carryover has to be a carryover from theater oh and theater 100%. And because yeah. they always would have like these big big huge personalities that could play to the back of the room so it makes sense that they would have keep these people over until you know until things needed to get quote real yeah. <laughs> it's time for that um <laughs> You're like, I'm in a movie theater. I'm not here for realness. (laughs) There's a woman who's insanely rich and another woman who has money for, we no one knows why. Like, let's just like, we've already suspended our disbelief here. We don't give a fuck (laughs) about background. We are here for the moment. Yes, Yes, exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, this was great, you guys. Please check it out. It's on Amazon. Um, I think you can probably also rent it on iTunes and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, there's like a restored version on, on Amazon that's, a, a delight. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> Goodness. Um, if there's, is there anything else we need to cover on this? Oh I feel man. Like we've kind of covered it. I, it's, it's hard because so much to talk glamour. to. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, there's so much glamour and there's so much like peripheral stories, like, you know, around the characters mm-hmm. and what was going on at that time. But yeah, it's just good. I'm, I'm really glad we did this film and I hope we, I hope we do more. I'm sure we will like throughout the year more, like films from this time. Um, oh, yeah, that's and, a good uh, you know, more Gene Harlow movies, more uh, Myrna Loy. We haven't done the Thin Man yet, so. No, we will hey. definitely have to. That's on the list. It's on that the is list. definitely on the list. It's on yeah. the list, but I feel so. it's it's almost like with Singing in the Rain. We're like, it's on the list, but we're saving yeah. that. You don't understand the level. <laughs> you got to share that. I mean, it might be a two parter because, like, that's how much we love <laughs> 
It's a good one. Um, yeah. Um, so there's that. Yeah. And you can, as always, I'll just slide right into the all plugs. Um, <laughs> You can keep in touch with us over on the social meds, Old Hollywood Realness on Facebook and Instagram, OHR Podcast on Twitter. You can send us all your thoughts and prayers at oldhollywoodrealness at gmail.com. We actually received a couple of emails recently um, from some listeners. So shout out to um, our girl Carol and shout out to Patty for, for the emails that we received. I haven't gotten back to you yet, but you guys have got said some wonderful things. Oh, so yay. I got to shout you two out. Thank you. And then you can also leave us five star rate us review us and subscribe over on the iTunes um, but we got a really wonderful um, review from I'm feeling sublime <laughs> uh, so good five stars uh, I love this podcast I usually only watch T- I, I usually only watch TCM since I was 12 it's 32 now and Yay. hearing others talk about their love of classic movies makes me feel less like a weirdo <laughs> um, and the dynamic of the host is amazing they're so funny <laughs> Keep the episodes coming. P.S. Dishonored Lady is a favorite. I was so excited to listen to the most recent episode. Aw, you're welcome. I'm feeling sublime. Woo-hoo. Thanks for the wonderful um, wonderful rate review. So keep those coming. Helps us out with visibility, and visibility is important. Um, uh, thanks to Hal Lublin for his vocal talents at the top of the podcast, keeping us fresh and profesh. Thank you. It's always nice. And if you'd like to interact with other listeners of the podcast, you can join the Facebook group, OHR Podcast Darlings, D-A-H-L-I-N-G-S. It's um, just um, just request and I'll let you in. It's easy peasy. Um, <laughs> with Other than that, thanks for listening to OHR. Bye. Beep boop, test, test, beep boop, boop boop, beep boop. <laughs>